I think Islam hates us. They have done nothing except wreak havoc and terror for our faith and our religion. When we stand up to those who oppress our communities, that Allah accepts from us that as a form of jihad. Foundations of society are fragile. We must be the shepherds of our own civilization. If anyone answers either yes or no without making necessary distinctions, both are not telling the truth. Father, we pray that your word will become a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. That you will raise up in this nation pulpits and prophets that will call the nation back to repentance. Will you distance yourself from those who think differently or will you join us at the table and talk about what is really important? This is the Maida Initiative. Conversation without compromise. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become, she who was great among the nations, she who was a princess among the provinces, has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night, with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. So, when I called you the first time, when we talked the first time, um, the Taliban was advancing, uh, and they were they were still a long way from Kabul. But between between we talked on Friday and today, a lot has happened. Can you explain to us what has happened in Afghanistan over the weekend? Oh, thank you so much for inviting me uh, for the interview. Uh, my name is Azizullah Jabarkel. I'm uh, originally from Afghanistan, and also I'm a U.S. citizen. Uh, uh, Asino and the world uh, is watching the, the current situation in Afghanistan. Uh, the Taliban uh, take over the country without any uh, force, any fighting against them. And uh, our president, uh, elect President Ashraf Ghani, he fled the country and he left the office. Uh, he announced uh, on his Facebook before he left that he doesn't want to fight anymore uh, because if he fight against Taliban, it's gonna be a bloodshed in Kabul because it's a Kabul is a very populated. There are, there are like seven million people are living in Kabul. Wow. So it's very hard. So when the Taliban sieged, like most of the country, uh, like 70% of the country, after that, uh, President Ashraf Ghani uh, decided to not fight. And he called on the uh, military forces, the Afghan national military forces to not fight and leave uh, the Taliban to, 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 gain, to get in the country. Uh, I would like to say like that uh, President Ashraf Ghani didn't want to didn't want such a things to happen in Afghanistan because it's a really sad tragedy in Afghanistan. People are uh, escaping. Uh, they are afraid. Uh, women, children, men, everyone is afraid uh, because they had experience from the former time of Afghan uh, of Taliban from the 1996 when the Taliban controlled Afghanistan in that time uh, people were tortured people were murdered they were killed and uh, so the, the people are so scared at this time in, in Afghanistan that the Taliban uh, will uh, continue their radical face their uh, devil face and continue to kill innocent people in the cities. So, I mean, there have been some crazy scenes uh, at the airport. I mean, I've never in my life seen people hanging on to the side of a plane trying to um, escape a country like like that. It's it's just something it's so crazy. Yeah, it, it is so sad. It is it's very really sad. You know, uh, uh, I I watched that video. It, it's a uh, uh, you know, I, I cried for that. <coughs> Sorry. And 
every uh, Afghan national cried for that. Uh, so, you know, like uh, even people understand that uh, hanging on the plane is very dangerous. You know, it's not a bass. It's a plane. It flies, you know. So, but still people were hanging on that, you know, to save their lives. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. It's like a dream, you know, I, I don't believe it. So, uh, I would like to say that uh, uh, why the international community is quiet against Taliban? Why the U.S. government is quiet against Taliban? Why, what, what secret behind why the Afghan forces did not permit it to fight, fight against Taliban. We understand, we all understand that the Afghan national forces have good capability. They have good helicopters, they have good guns, they are well trained. But there's a hiding story behind. So I, I, I watched some videos like, like 10, 20 Taliban entering to the city and in the same time, there are thousands of troops in the corp, in the military corp. But they did not fight. So someone sent them a message to not fight and leave everything to, to Taliban. And of course, they dropped their, their guns, the Afghan forces, they dropped their guns. But the Taliban captured Afghan commandos and shoot them among the people, in the public, and kill everyone. Still, that video is uh, broadcasted and published uh, in, in the international uh, medias, international newspapers. So, what, you're, what are you saying then, that there has to be somebody up the chain of military command who's giving orders not to fight, and there's no, which, which is why there's been very little military response to the Taliban advance? No, the military is not respond. Yeah, the the military should respond. You know, the military should respond, and force the Taliban. If you wanna enter the the city, so please come in peace. You know. Do not afraid people. Don't bring your guns with you. Don't cover your face. Why you're covering your face? It's terrible. It's horrible. People are scared. So if you are a peaceful person, the Taliban, why cover your face to afraid people? The Afghan people don't want this anymore. It's a devil face. It's a radical. It's a radicalism. It's not an Islam. Islam says if you kill someone or afraid someone, the God will not forgive you. And it's a big sin. So... So how, how much do you think um, the way in which America pulled out of the situation caused what's happening to happen? Like, is there, is there a different way this could have happened? Or was this always going to happen when America left? Yeah, uh, as you know, uh, in the world, understand that, that they use troops uh, uh, continued their mission uh, for the last 20 years in Afghanistan. And it's very strange and it's shocked, you know, that uh, President-elect Biden uh, immediately uh, withdrew the troops from Afghanistan, you know. He left a huge space behind, an empty space behind, and that brought a big tragedy in Afghanistan at the current time. So he should create a a uh, peaceful a uh, strategic uh, policy to to withdraw the american troops the nato troops step by step and let the taliban know the international community is still existed in afghanistan and if the taliban take any uh, wrong step they will face a, a restriction they will face a fight they will face a military action so in this way, the Taliban would take peaceful steps and they would not take over, over the, the, the country. But it not happened. So we're at this point now, there's a huge humanitarian crisis at this point. Um, 
And one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. If you say something that you regret saying that would put yourself or someone else in unnecessary danger, let me know and we can remove that. Um, hmm. But you yourself, um, can you, are you actually able to talk about your own personal circumstances? In sure. This? Yes, of course. You know, I'm personally affected by this current situation because my family, my wife and my kids, they went to Afghanistan last May, on the 4th of May, to visit my other families, parents, sisters and brothers. But unfor unfortunately, this, this radical movement of Taliban uh, stuck them in Afghanistan. They are in a really bad situation. They are afraid. My kids are very afraid. They are scared. I talked to them. They said that there are some, some, some uh, ugly people with long hair and big beard and equipped by guns, PK, RPGs and other dangerous guns. They're driving on the streets, around the homes, around in the public, and scare people. He said, one of my son, my, my son said, hey dad, you know, I haven't seen such people before, you know. They're like, I saw such people in the games, like, like video games, you know. They look like that, they're very dangerous, you know. And he said, please dad, get me out from here. And uh, I'm not able to get them out from there because all the flights are canceled. And the U.S. government is not really supporting uh, us, you know. There are, there's just not my family. There are thousands of uh, Afghan Americans in, in Kabul and other uh, Americans uh, stuck like in the airport of Afghanistan, in the international airport of Afghanistan. But there are no planes, all flights are cancelled, like like the Emirates, the Qatar airline, the India airline, the Turkey, they cancel their, their airlines because they, they are afraid for their pilots, for their planes that the Taliban might shoot them. Right, and this right, is right. this is really true. So you're not just watching your your country fall apart, your homeland fall apart at least. You're watching it with the people you love most in the world caught in the middle of that, directly facing this threat. Right. Um, is there like, is there a way they can, you know, cross a border into say Pakistan or? Uh, that's a, that's a good question. And it's really important question, you know, about the Af Afghanistan's neighbors, you know, we all, no, and we all understand that the, the Pakistan is the, the real machine of Taliban. Pakistan is the main producer, uh, supporter and exporter of Taliban and other terrorist groups in the region. That's why there's a war has been going on for the last 20 years in Afghanistan. We got support. We, we gain support from the international community. We, we we received support from the uh, NATO forces, from the East Sub forces, to eliminate terrorism in the country and pe bring peace and stability, and provide a peaceful uh, and economic uh, environment, uh, economic environment to the people of Afghanistan. But unfortunately, the Pakistani military and its radical generals uh, supported Taliban, equipped them train them again and fund them and send them to Afghanistan to kill Afghan forces, U.S. troops, NATO troops and other government officials. And this still has been going on. So you're saying you have kind of radical generals, uh, like generals in the Pakistani military with the same worldview that you'd find in the average Taliban soldier? Sure, no one will go to, to Pakistan at this moment. Probably the villagers, you know, who did not work with the U.S. government or the Afghan government, probably they will cross the border and go to Pakistan, but not the Afghan former officials or the Afghan soldiers. Right. So you've, the kind of exit routes is the airport, and then you've got Iran 
Tajikistan, Turkmenistan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I won't I won't say anything about Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, or Turkmenistan. We Af- Afghanistan have a uh, has a good relationship with with, with the northern northern uh, neighbors, but the two uh, neighbors, uh, Iran and Pakistan, they are more dangerous to than Taliban. Right. They are the main uh, fundraiser. They are the main supporter of Taliban. You know. Taliban, the Taliban's uh, uh, launched uh, their mass meetings, you know, against the Afghan government in, in Tehran and in, in Islamabad. Right. And then, then if you want to get from Kabul to any of those other neighbors which are friendlier, that's going to be an immensely dangerous journey as well. Yes. And, uh, and of course, uh, the, 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 the Pakistan and Iran, they, they, they close their borders yeah. on, on Afghan refugees. So what can the international community do? What can the U.S. government do right now to help uh, Afghanistan? I would like to call on the U.S. government, uh, especially President-elect Biden, uh, to force the United Nations, to force the other uh, international organizations to put more pressure on Taliban in Afghanistan to respect the Afghan rights respect the Afghan uh, facilities, to respect uh, the Afghan uh, military equipments, to keep them safe, and do not sell them on Pakistan again, which happened uh, in 1996. So we want peace and stability in Afghanistan. And I want, I want, I want to request to the international community to please take immediate action and create an interim government and elect someone as a chief or president of Afghanistan who can understand a political conscience. The Taliban do not have any political conscience. They don't understand what's politician. They do not believe science and technology. They do not believe economy. So how they will uh, bring stability in Afghanistan? How will they will provide jobs and other facilities to the Afghan people. We want to be connected with the, with the world, with the modern world, with the uh, uh, development, developed world. We don't want to go back to the uh, 14th century or 12th century. So this brings me to the sort of next thing I want to talk about. You've essentially, you've got, I know Afghanistan is complicated, but at least with what's happening now, you have this modern Afghanistan that wants to be free, wants women to be educated, um, wants to vote for their, choose their own leaders on the one hand. And then um, you've got the Taliban on the other side. So I think what I hear a lot of people saying right now is because of how quickly the Taliban advanced and took over everything, this must be what the people of Afghanistan really want. I think you'd probably disagree with that. Uh, what? How, how would you describe what the the culture of the people who don't want to be ruled by the Taliban? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, as an Afghan uh, uh, citizen, and I would like to say, like. Uh, the Afghans, the, the Afghan nationals are uh, completely changed. During the last 20 years, uh, the Afghans uh, gained uh, uh, modern education. They studied academies, universities. They learned technology and science. They learned how the world is running. They learned how economy is working and they learned how to develop our country. And they were so happy with the, with the government of Afghanistan, especially the, the President Ashraf Ghani. But now they are regretted by the current situation. Because as I mentioned before, the, the Taliban has no political consciousness. They do not. Uh, they do not accept uh, science and technology. They say 
the technology is created by infidels so don't use it it's haram haram mean illegal and it's not an islam islam says build the world build yourself help the people quran says the world was created by god it's a beautiful world and we should build it we should make more it beauty so what do you think the taliban's goals are right because if you if you if the taliban themselves are going to say no we are we do represent islam we do represent building the world like what is it you think the taliban want and why do they want that uh, uh that's a good question uh, i would like to say uh, the taliban uh, has no strategy they have no policy for afghanistan for the future of afghanistan for the future of the afghan people nor for their lives nor for their education and uh, 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 development the taliban as i mentioned before the taliban are the machine of pakistan and pakistan is persuading persuading its a uh, strategic death policy in afghanistan to control afghanistan to control its uh, foreign and interior policy against india and other countries in the region and in the world and on the other hand pakistan doesn't like a, a developed a powerful afghanistan in the future because we have a border problem with pakistan the durand line so no government of afghanistan recognized it officially and the people live on the both side of the border they do not accept it they do not admit it as official border they want to join back because they are same people they have same language same culture and same religion same ethnicity so how can pakistan separate them so pakistan has fear if there if afghanistan get a power you know the afghan government will immediately raise the issue of the durand line so so you okay so you have people on the borders who don't necessarily care what country they're in they belong to the same people group is this would this be called pashtun pashtun people yes okay i i know some pashtuns from both pakistan and afghanistan so i i'm pashtun too but but I believe I'm I'm an Afghan, you know. I respect all tribes of Afghanistan. I have a nation, national uh ideology. So, is 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 so if you're in Kabul, would you say most people living in Kabul right now or at least the people trying to escape have that same national ideology? Right. Yeah, you know, uh uh there has been the war has been going on uh, in the remote areas of afghanistan so there's no job no work for for people to feed their their families to gain some money and and improve their lives so most of the people uh move to the capital of afghanistan kabul and it's very populated there are 7 million people living in 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 the city yeah so that's what like twice as big as the greater seattle area sure yes yeah that's huge um and, and so there's almost it seems like pre pre taliban you have kind of tribal afghanistan then you've got taliban afghanistan and then right now you've got a lot of people who want the nation of afghanistan who want to like go beyond tribe and family and build something that works for everyone uh uh taliban are uh uh taliban are going to develop the tribal uh violation in afghanistan they would like to improve it because pakistan want it the pakistani military want it the pakistan would like to divide Af- uh, the afghan nation by tribes by regions by districts by language and by uh by color So that's what Pakistan want. As I mentioned before, the Taliban has no political consciousness. They are the Pakistan's machine. 
they are the future of Pakistan's goals. So the Pakistan is trying to divide Afghanistan by tribes and by, by, by regions to weaken Afghanistan in the future so Afghanistan won't be able to raise up the issue of their own line. So right now, it seems like uh, they've succeeded in that to an extent. Like right now, do you see any short-term path back to having an independent Afghan nation that works for all of its people? Or is that now, you know, years in the future at this point? Uh, uh, I understand that they took over uh, the country, but they're not succeeded yet. Because it's not a 19th century or it's not an 18th century or, or, or 14th century. It's a modern world. There are social media, medias, Twitter, Facebook, a lot of other channels. We will send our voices to the powerful countries such as United States, European countries and other democratic countries. And of course, to the international community like, like United Nations. We will tell everything to them. We will tell every every wrong step the Taliban take against Afghanistan or the Afghan people. And we will not let Taliban to destroy Afghanistan anymore. We will not let Taliban to push Afghanistan back to the civil war. I watched a video today, the Afghan woman in Kabul, they raised up at the front of the presidential palace and demonstrated against Taliban. And I saw their slogans that say, we don't want Taliban in Afghanistan. So the Taliban should understand that this is not an ancient Afghanistan. It's a modern Afghanistan. There are modern Afghans. There are educated, well-educated Afghans. We want Afghanistan to be connected with the modern world. We want Afghanistan to implement the international rules in Afghanistan, the UN rules in Afghanistan. We want Afghanistan to obey the human rights. We want Afghanistan to be a friend, to be ally with, with the uh, democratic countries such as European country and in the United States. We need them. We need their technology. We need their financial support. We want them to build Afghanistan. So, with with this um, like desire to see human rights in Afghanistan, so the Taliban obviously have a very different conception of what human rights are. Right? They're they're, they're basing it on a very specific sect of of sort of Islam which goes you know, which is this sort of derivation of Salafism in some way and they would reject the UN Declaration of Universal Human Rights how how, how 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 big do you think the country is split between those things right how many people in Afghanistan would take the sort of Taliban view of human rights and how many people would take the, um, the sort of UN view of human rights uh, that's a good question, James. Uh, uh, let me explain you something uh, about the Taliban's conception. You know, uh, you know, like the Afghan government, the Afghanistan is recognized by the international community as an Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So when we say Islamic, it means it's it's an Islamic country. There is Islamic rule. Our constitution focuses on Islamic rules. But the Taliban conception is Sharia. Mm -hmm. And it's already Sharia there. When you say Islamic country, it's the Sharia. But the problem is, as I mentioned before, if any Islamic group get a power in Afghanistan, and they do not listen to Pakistan and they do not obey the Pakistani interests in Afghanistan 
and they do not take a step against Pakistan's strategic debt policy, and they do not raise up the Duran line issue, Pakistan will still say they are infidel and a Sharia government has to be implemented in Afghanistan. That's not true. It's, it's a wrong claim. There's no reality about that. We already have Sharia. We already have Islam in Afghanistan. We have mosques. We had a shura, like 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 a session of the of the imams in Afghanistan. It, it's it's an official session of the Afghan imams in Afghanistan. They were paid by the government. They get salary from from the Afghan government. So are they not Muslim? They do not obey Sharia in Islam. The Taliban claim is absolutely wrong. There's no reality. That's a Pakistan's claim. That's a Pakistan's strategy. If any Muslim country become an enemy with Pakistan, Pakistan will claim that that's an infidel country. And Pakistan's military will create terrorist groups such as Taliban, ISIS, and other groups against them and send them to kill everyone in, in that country and do the jihad. So, as I mentioned before, uh, Afghanistan is, is an, an Islamic country. But we would like to uh, be related with the world by the international law. We are Muslim. We are we 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 are already Muslim. Afghanistan was the first country in 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 South Asia that uh, accepted Islam. But still, we are called by uh, by Pakistan that we are infidels, and we we have to be killed by, by Taliban. And is there argument that because the Afghan government has cooperated with the West, therefore they're against Islam and therefore must be defeated? You know, uh, the world is changed, you know. If you want to build your country, your nation, you need to have a relationship with some powerful countries to support you financially, to train your military, to build your country, to educate your people, to modernize your academies, universities, and institutions. So that's what we want. It's true we we were we were connected with the Westerns, but still we, we had good relationship with China. And when we call Pakistan like over and over that we want a good relationship with you. So stop terrorism in Afghanistan. Stop funding them. Our president announced this like thousand times that we are not the enemy of Pakistan. So please stop fighting and and war in Afghanistan. Please end your proxy war in Afghanistan. He said that the Afghan land will not be used against any neighbor, against any country in the world. So now that we have a lot of Afghans who want this sort of modern Afghanistan uh, living, living outside of Afghanistan, now, like yourself, like many others, right? How can they keep the dream of that kind of Afghanistan alive, even be even while they're outside the country? Uh, can you repeat this question again? Sorry. So, so right now, like we have a lot of the people who agree with you, who want a modern nation of Afghanistan, have had to leave Afghanistan because of the Taliban. Right? There's a lot of people who have r run from the country. There's a lot of Afghan students in universities all over the world who were hoping to come back to Afghanistan and use their degrees in science and technology to help improve the country. And now they are afraid to go back, right? How can these Afghans living who live outside of Afghanistan keep the idea of this modern Afghanistan alive even though they can't go there right? Uh, I would like to say that uh, 
the the Afghans, uh, especially the 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 Afghan youths who studied in in modern countries, and they gained uh, modern education, and they wanted to go back to the country and build Afghanistan. Uh, I don't think they would like to go back to Afghanistan. They want to stay abroad the country. They believe that Taliban are controlled by Pakistani military. And there is a uh, there is an issue, uh, and there's a there is a uh, an ideology that Pakistan is looking for those people who studied in the Western countries, in India, and uh, and gain uh, a great education or modern education, such as like political uh, studies or technology or whatever. Uh, Pakistan don't want them in Afghanistan. As I mentioned before, Pakistan has fear of a powerful country uh, uh, with its neighbor uh, side. So I heard, uh, like a few months ago, I heard from many of my friends in Afghanistan that the Pakistani intelligence, ISI, is looking for those people to kill them who studied in India and in the Western countries. Because Pakistan has fear that these people could come to Afghanistan and they can work with the government, they can implement modern projects in Afghanistan to build this country and it will be a powerful country and it's gonna be a pain to Afghanistan, to, to Pakistan. So that's, they have fear of that. I, I, have, I have fear of that. I am scared of that. If I go back to Kabul and there are Taliban, so the ISI will get information about me and will tell to Taliban, hey, please kill this guy, you know, he's the enemy, he's an infidel. He won't kill me in the name of that I studied uh, in, in, in America. He will kill me by the name of infidel. That he studied in America and he's infidel. So with people in situations like yourself, right? There's a lot of Afghans pouring into different countries, into Seattle, into other parts of America and other countries. So speak to the people listening to this show who are not Afghans, who are, say, um, Christians living in Seattle, who are seeing everything on TV and they want to find ways to help people locally. How could the average Christian in Seattle help someone coming here from Afghanistan right now? Uh, like the Afghan refugees? Yeah. Uh, we have a, an Afghan community in Kent and in the north of Seattle. Uh, we have a procedure for them. We have a pro pro process for them. Uh, and there are a few uh, refugees, uh, refugee resettlements in Kent, like Warleaf and Jewish family and others. They, they have some, some uh, facilities for them, some, some programs for them. So when we get Afghan family from Afghanistan, we immediately uh, take them to the refugees foundations to provide them uh, life living facilities as soon as possible. That's good. And then one thing I'm curious about, so often when a sort of subculture is forced, we can't live freely in its own country anymore, Sometimes they've been able to find another place where they've been able to keep their identity as a community and build something. Is there like, where is like the biggest place for Afghans to live and be together outside of Afghanistan right now? Is that in the US or is that somewhere else right now? Uh, that's a good question, you know, like uh, The, the, the former government of Afghanistan, uh, when Ashraf Ghani was in Afghanistan, most of the people, uh, like the educated people, they work with the Afghan government and the US government in other, in, with the other international uh, organizations such as UN and uh, embassies, you know. So these people really want to go to European countries and the United States. Because they are very really familiar with the culture of these people, they are very really familiar with the administration, they are familiar with the uh, uh, with the language, such as English, 
and they are familiar with their uh, behavior. So they really want to come here, you know, and, 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 and this, is, this is the reality. Well, I hope that you can find some, um, you hope you can find some of that um, rest and thriving here. A big, a big reason the U.S. was founded was largely for by some a group of people, the Puritans, and the Puritans were Christians who didn't like the way the, the direction that England was going in. So they initially they tried to go to Holland, but they realized they just sort of assimilate. If they went to Holland, their kids would start speaking Dutch and then they just become part of the larger culture. And, you know, what, what I hope is that and they and they came here with this hope of being a, a light to the nations. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus in the Bible talks about being on, being a city on the hill that the world can see. So I'm, I'm really ho I'm hoping that the Afghan community and people can come alongside the Afghan community and help Afghans in um, America and other countries thrive and be who they can be, right? Live up to their potential. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good uh, idea, uh, James. Uh, let me explain you something about the Prophet Muhammad, you know, uh, and the religion, uh, culture. So, uh, when Prophet Muhammad was alive, uh, he was living in Mecca. And he spent eight years in Mecca to uh, to encourage people to accept Islam, you know, but by peace, by love, and by good words, not by force. He did not bother people to accept Islam. And after, during the eight years, he was very bothered by the Buddhists, not by Christians, not by Jewish people and he decided after eight years to move to Medina Medina when he moved to Medina he was most welcome by Christians and Jew people Jewish people because he was very honest he was a true man he wanted to help people he wanted to stay stand against the cruel people against the radicals and against the uh, uh, gun people, gunmen people, you know, the people who were trying to kill others by, by sword, by force. So when he moved to Mecca or Medina, the Christians and Jewish people most welcomed him. And Jewish and Christians requested him that they would like to create a joint community by the name of Ummah. Mm -hmm. And Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad, accepted that, but by one condition. He told the Christians and the Jewish people, okay, let's make a community to help each other, you know, to stand against the enemy, you know. Enemy doesn't mean that there someone is living outside and we have to go to kill them. No, he said, we have to stand against the enemy if someone want to attack us. We are not going to kill someone. We are not allowed to go and kill someone and kill bad people. We still can encourage them to follow the, the right path. You know? But we can go to kill someone. Let's credit and stand together if someone try to bother us, we can stand together and defend ourselves. And the condition, the one condition that Prophet Muhammad requested to them, he said, okay, let's make a community, but in one condition, if a Christian make a crime or make a wrong thing, he has to be, he or she has to be prosecuted by the Christianity law, not by Islam. If a Jewish do a crime, make a crime, he has to be punished by the Judaism, by the Jewish people's law, not by Islam. If a Muslim make a crime, then Islam will prosecute him and punish him.
He was a he was he was the most democratic person in the world. He wanted people to be free and make their choice. He said encourage people to accept Islam. If they don't, don't force them. Don't bother them. Please save them. Take them to their home safely and securely. So that's the Islam. But the Islam that Taliban brought to Afghanistan is completely different. It's not a Islam. So, you know, while saying that that's not Islam, um, like, where does a person to go find the real Islam? Because the, Tal what the, the Taliban aren't just pulling this completely out of thin air, right? They're going to go to find some hadith somewhere and some scholar somewhere in history that's going to justify their position. So how can a young Afghan know, where can an Afghan go to read about true Islam? Who can they talk to to find out about true Islam that's different from what the Taliban would say? The Afghans, they, they understand the real Islam. It's already explained to them. Every Afghan understands Islam, even myself. When I say I'm a Muslim, you know, and I pray for my God, for Allah. So that's it, you know. Islam says if you say your Islam and you pray Kalima, the word of Kalima, you're, you're Muslim. And then it depends on you how you act, how you implement Islam on you. It means you make yourself a right man, a honest man, a true man. Help the poor people. Support your nation. Don't bother other people. Don't kill the people. If you kill anyone, any human, Muslim, Christian, or anyone, the God will not forgive you. Because human is created by God, by Allah, not by a human. So if you kill someone, it means you kill God's human. Allah's human. And that's what Allah doesn't want it. So, and, you're, so you're saying there's this kind of like widespread understanding of this that's just like naturally in Afghans. No one needs to teach it to them. You don't need to go read it somewhere. Yeah, kind of, like I said, uh, the, 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 the Afghan people, they understand Islam, they understand Quran, they understand Hadith. You know? But the Islam which is brought by, by Taliban, the fake had it, the, the Pakistani military created for them to implement jihad in Afghanistan because all Afghan people are infidels. They cooperate with Westerns. And if anyone cooperate Westerns, kill them. If you kill them, you're a martyr. Or if you kill them, you're a hero. You're a winner. But if you die, you are martyred, you go to the heaven. These are fake, fake hadiths. There are more fake hadiths they, they created by, by Pakistani military. And the Pakistani imam says, jihad is legal in Afghanistan, but it's illegal in Pakistan. In fact, Pakistan does not implement Islamic rule in, in, in its country. Right, it's not especially more... They're not faithful to the Islam rule. But Afghanistan is. Um, so, 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 sort of, what you're saying then is that the Taliban have been fed a fake version of Islam that's got its roots in the Pakistani government. And it, and if you went into and if somebody went and read like the real hadith, the real Quran, they wouldn't they wouldn't find any of that. Uh, wait, let me explain about this. You know, the Taliban is not implementing, implementing Quran in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. In fact, they are against Quran. They are against Quran. As I mentioned before, that Allah, God says, don't kill human. Don't kill anyone. But Taliban, you know, doing that. Taliban do it. So this is against Quran and against the Allah. Against Allah's book. The Holy Quran. 
So let me explain you something. I watched too many videos. Even I know some people that they were they, they've been killed by Taliban. The people of Afghanistan had been captured by Taliban and called them your your infidel. You cooperate with the US government, you cooperate with Westerns, you cooperate with the Afghan National Army, you cooperate with the Afghan government. And that person in return explained to the Taliban, I am a Muslim. I believe Quran and I believe Allah. And I pray five times. Don't kill me. And Taliban still did not listen to them and kill them. So in Quran it says if someone pray the kalima, the kalima, the word of, of the Allah, that there's one Allah and Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. Then don't kill them. And accept that don't kill anyone even if they are Muslim or not non-Muslim. Islam is not a religion to be forced by people, you know. So, for the Taliban there, it sounds like their religion is just defined by the specific set of scholars. Right. Who gets to decide what Islam teaches? We do. Who, get, who gets to decide who's a Muslim? We do. Who gets, who gets to decide who lives or dies? We yeah, do. yeah. Like Taliban say, if you if you listen to me, if you listen to Taliban, you're a Muslim. If you do not listen to them, you and you're against them, you're infidel. Yeah. And they don't have any clear message, and how in which way you're infidel. So the the central problem then seems to be you have this group of men somewhere in the mountains who are making these rulings. You have no accountability to anyone, God or man. You just get to speak for God. Yeah. Right. And he claimed to speak for God. And no one is able to question what they say. And that creates all sorts of chaos. Right. Yes. It's a, it's a tragic pattern throughout history. When yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a huge tragedy in Afghanistan. And it has been going on for the last 20 years. You know, uh, before when, when the Taliban were in Afghanistan from in, before 1996, uh, before the 2001, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a tragedy in that time as well. It was a tragedy. And when the international community came to Afghanistan, like NATO forces, international forces, we must welcome them, you know, and we tell them to remove these this, this radicals and these ugly faces from Afghanistan. Well, um, thank you for coming here um, talking about all this, I realize it's a difficult few days, so I appreciate you taking the time to come out and have a conversation about this in the midst of everything you're going through right now. Um, I will certainly be praying for your family and for Afghanistan. And thank you for being here, and thank you guys for listening to the Almeida Initiative podcast.